This episode of Dad is Not Announced. I want to thank today's sponsor, the Real Dads Network, 11th Annual Real Dads Network Daddy Daughter Dance. So, Corey, why are you excited about this daddy daughter dance? Because we get to spend time with each other and dance. Are you going to dance? Yes. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> I love it. So, what is this daddy daughter dance? Good question. So the daddy-daughter dance is on February 18th in Manhattan. Weren't you born in New York? Going back home, huh? Absolutely. Gentlemen, if you're a father, if you're an uncle, if you're a grandfather, if you're just a guy in the community that ladies look up to as a positive role model, come out to this event. Put it on your calendar. This is the 11th annual daddy-daughter dance hosted by the Real Dads Network. And we're excited to have more gentlemen come together to fellowship, but also have a special night for our little queens and princesses. Have a great time. Come out, enjoy, and join us on February 18th. Tickets are still available right now. So guys, I don't care if you're free or not, but just put time on your calendar to spend special time with your daughter. She's putting the pressure on you, fellas. Have a good day. Find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun Not at all closer to knowing with the rise of artificial intelligence and to be more specific generative AI. So what is generative AI? Put simply, generative AI is artificial intelligence that can generate new content, rather than simply analysing or acting on existing data. Perhaps in the last few weeks you've heard more and more about OpenAI and their new product ChatGPT. It's been trending on Twitter and has amassed over a million users in just five days, which in itself is is mind-blowing, having launched on the 30th of November 2022. But what is ChatGPT? What is OpenAI? And how does this revolutionary technology actually work? Here's how it happened. Generative AI has been described in recent months as the most talked about tech in Silicon Valley, and OpenAI is right at the heart of it. You might have seen their other program at work, DALI, a text-to-image AI software that creates images based on simple written inputs. DALI 2 is a new AI system from OpenAI that can take simple text descriptions like a koala dunking a basketball and turn them into photorealistic images that have never existed before. OpenAI, the business, was founded in 2015 by Sam Altman and, you guessed it, Elon Musk. Musk stepped down in February 2018 to focus on Tesla but remains a donor and advisor to the business. Their goal at the time was to advance digital intelligence in the way that is most likely to benefit humanity. At its core, OpenAI is an artificial intelligence research business that has shifted from non-profit to capped profit. Welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not Now. My name is Ishmael, changing the narrative of men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. And on today's episode, what I care about is talking about ChatGPT. What is it? Uh, what does it look like? How does it benefit other? How does it benefit us as a society as a whole? What are the negatives? And I have the perfect guest with me. He is a retired teacher for what? What? 25, 30 years, 30, 25, 30 years, 33 years, 33 years. I was close. I'm <laughs> um, living a good life down in Florida. The one and only 
Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson, thank hey. you for coming on. How's your heart? Oh, great. My heart is doing good. Hey, I'm, I'm exercising every day like I'm supposed to and, and doing the things that, that my doctor tell me I need to do, take my medicine and, you know, all the good things. That's good. And the reason why I asked how's your heart is because I'm all about like mental health. And so right. I posed the question to make sure you're good. Um, it's awesome that you're, you're good physically, but how are you doing like uh, mentally? I know it's, as a teacher, I know it's got to be, I know you have stories to tell of the highs and lows and things right. like that. So how are you at right now mentally? Even I know you're probably doing well because you're, you're, you're enjoying retirement, but, right. well, but how are you you know, it's, it's interesting. After you do something um, for a certain amount of years, it, it becomes a regiment, a regime. And it's like your body's like, OK, I need to be getting up at six o'clock in the morning. Or I need to be doing this or I need to be going to school. But, you know, when you retire, it's kind of like you settle into your own uh, frame of mind, what you're going to do each day. And and interesting enough, it's really important that when you people get into the position of retirement, that you find a schedule each and every day. Because if you don't have a schedule, you know, your body goes all crazy. You have, you know, it seems like all this time on your hands, but because you're not doing the same thing like you usually do, then you get to like, okay, well, what am I going to do today? I'm going to watch TV. Then TV for an hour turns into two hours, three hours. So you got to find things that you enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, interesting enough, people say, well, when I retire, I'm going to write a book or I retire, I'm going to travel, but they don't do that they have to adjust to where they currently are and what they want to do in the future so um you know my wife has my honeydew list which i appreciate her giving me keeps me on task um you know things around it you know the house that i need to do i can finally go ahead and do it and have more time for um you know devotion time time with the lord it's like i don't have to rush i don't have to hurry you know i talk to god god talks to me and you know, it's like, hey, you know, this is really good, but it's still a responsibility. What can I do more in the community to fill that gap of not going to school? And that's one of the things that I love because I'm volunteering at, you know, a couple of schools now in the community and sharing some STEM and STEAM stuff with the kids and doing some stuff online. So hey, mentally, it's going well. That's awesome. And then um, before we get into the chat uh, about chat GG, uh, GPT, mm -hmm. uh, just talk about how does it feel to be not restricted to the school system of doing things that you want to do when it comes oh to Oh, my school. gosh. <laughs> hey, I could, I could almost kind of sort of say what I want to say. <laughs> so, you know, when you're in that restrictive environment, you kind of like have to keep the peace and, you know, keep the observations to yourself. But now it's kind of like, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm writing more blogs about how education in in small ways can be improved holistically, and you know, sharing more of my voice and my opinions and my experiences, and not worrying about you know possible you know repercussions you know that may come back from administration or something like that. But um, you know, now's the time to really share with parents. Hey, you really really need to get involved in your kids' education, not just purposely just for grades but there's so much as we talked about before so much happening with technology you need to see where your your kids mindsets are and have them look at a global perspective of the world because it's no more this oh i'm gonna work 33 years like mr jackson no the, the average is 10 
maybe 12 years and then kids are changing jobs. And I, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, my daughter, she just got married this past weekend. She has changed jobs three times in the last four years because I keep telling her, find your passion. Don't restrict yourself to what you think society wants you to do, but find your passion where you're going to be happy and uh, where you're going to grow. And she loves animals and she wants to work with animals. I'm saying, well, go ahead and do that. You know, if it makes you happy, um, the money will come. But, um, you know, just do your best and grow from there and um, keep a positive mindset. And, that, and that's important, too. And quick question. Do you feel like technology has played a role of this generation just jumping ship to job to job? I think it does, because I think when they read the latest uh, tweet or look, look at the latest Instagram, you know, drop and you know, this job pays $100,000 or, you know, this job you're going in, you consider the comfort of your home. They don't realize that you're not doing physical work, but that emotional and psychological, that mental work is just as stressful and um, as physical work, if not more so, because you're constantly having that mind frame of either solving problems, solving issues, um, meeting deadlines. You know, your boss may not be in the office next to you at a cubicle or wherever, but, you know, you get a beep or something on your laptop and your boss is saying, OK, where's this project? You know, are you late? How's the team working? So uh, technology is really integral, you know, in the lives of our young people beyond the TikTok, beyond the Instagram, beyond the Twitter, because now it's to a point where you will either be unemployable, underemployed or constantly seeking employment. And I just wanted to make a point that people are hearing about Google and um, and um, some of the other com companies, Facebook and some of those that are laying off hundreds of, or thousands of people. But where are those people without technology skills going to find their next employment or be their own boss and opening up their own businesses? So there are benefits, but there are also things you got to consider as well. And that's a perfect segue into the company OpenAI. Um, you know, you got the thing that's the, the new, the new, what do you say, the new, the new sexy right now in tech, is, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, Chat GPT. Um, personally, what I've learned from OpenAI, you know, uh, I know they started as a nonprofit organization. That's how they started. You know, right. they've they came into the mindset of using technology for the better of humanity. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think the gentleman's name, the founder is, uh, or the CEO, his name is Altman, Sam Altman. I do believe that's his name, right? I believe so. Um, and, and also with the help of Elon Mass, Elon Musk, um, Elon Musk yeah. he's the one who, who flooded the money in there. Um, right. I, I have a different feeling of uh, Elon. I think he's like the, like the uh, the today's version of Tom of um, Thomas Edison, but I'm gonna move on. Okay, because <laughs> he gets credit for like building yeah. things, but he doesn't build anything. Right. You know, he he'll 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 put money and put a pad on it that like he built it, but he didn't build it. But mm -hmm. we'll move on from that. Um, but they started as a nonprofit. Um, right. They're 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 also the creator of the other um, thing called Dali. Dali 2, right. which is an AI art platform. Yeah. But we're going to go into chat, G, chat GPT. Yeah. Um, for the people out there, what is chat 
GPT? Well, essentially, um, it's uh, obviously based on the internet, um, and I like to break it down a little bit. Like I'm, like I'm, like talking to my kids. It's like just imagine you have a room full of computer servers, and on those computer servers, there's a folder, and each folder contains information. Uh, one of those folders, which is a big folder, contains the AI or artificial intelligence that's managing and running content that it gets off the internet and it pulls to itself. So if somebody puts an inquiry or asks a question and they're, they have a project, let's say they're doing a research paper on Booker T. Washington, and they can actually ask the AI to write a report on Booker T. Washington. So you put in, write a book report on Booker T. Washington, uh, four pages long, double space uh, with historical background information on him. So you can put in those parameters, uh, press enter, and it'll go out and search for information on Booker T. Washington. It'll accumulate in a report uh, you know, upon your specifications and spit it out for you on the screen. And when you read through it, you have to understand it's, a, it's an accumulation of information that the AI bot got off of the internet. So I always tell my students um, when they used to do Google searches in a similar way, you got to remember that that's artificial intelligence and that's very intelligent um, and it's very strategic in what it does. But you understand you are not that smart. And I don't say that as an insult, but I right. say that it's OK to get information off the Internet in that form and fashion. But when you read through it, you have to remember it has to match the desire of what you're trying to do. So if somebody reads it, um, they're going to get certain assumptions that like you're really, really smart or you sound like an AI or um, somebody's helping you. So the best thing that you can do is use it as an assistive technology device to help you write better as opposed to having it do your work for you because it is digital. Um, it is based on um, advanced technology, which is growing and learning, which they call like machine language. But the benefits of it sometimes may outweigh uh, the detrimental aspects to it. So you have to weigh, weigh in how you're going to use it, where you're going to use it, when you're going, and, and the rationale of why you're going to use it. And what do you think are the benefits for the teacher to using this uh, platform? I think. Several benefits are when you look at the position of teaching, um, teaching is, is so dynamic that you start off as a first year, second year, third year teacher, whatever. After about five or six years and you make the determination you're going to stay in education. Well, the next thing is like, OK, you have a bachelor's degree. You're going to move on to a master's. Well, what tool is out there that's going to help you write your research papers? Um, some master's degree programs have you write a small dissertation. But what tools are there to help you do that? Well, chat um, GTP can help you do that. But the part of that is that you use it as a tool and you still cite your resources. And that's one of the things we still try to teach kids in middle school and high school. It's OK to get information to back up your ideas and views, but you have to cite your resources. And it's, it, there's nothing wrong with citing that, OK, I used um, chat GTP to get this information because it'll it'll give you any information that you request. So you don't run the risk of saying, you know, this is all my work, but you can actually go through and read and see that it's not. And educators themselves need to be careful of not um, applying shortcuts to that 
because there are tools that are, that are already developed that people can put that document into a tool and see that was created by AI. You know, that is not your um, not your original content. So doing that and working with that and developing, you know, the strategies of I'm going to use this as a tool. It's assistive technology. It'll help me grow. Um, it'll expand my critical thinking because the, the idea is, of course, the more you read, the more you know, the more you know, the more you grow. But the more you read also changes your mindset and how you think and apply information. So it's a good platform if you are learning as you're using it and not becoming lazy and let it do all the work. Um, I've written several blogs myself about using technology and using STEAM in education. And, and I've typed several questions in chat GPT about how do you teach black students to use technology? Or how do you teach black students to understand STEAM? Or how do you teach Hispanic students to apply technology? And it's, it's given me some phenomenal information right. and some statistics, but I take that and add it in my blog to share my ideas and observations and use it as a tool as opposed to me just, okay, this, these are my words. Right. And then how do you kind of connect it to when you come to problem solving skills? Cause I know you were talking about it earlier, how some, mm -hmm. some people might use it as a shortcut. And if they use it as a shortcut, are they really learning? Cause someone's going to put them on the spot and say, Hey, right. talk about this. You know, you wrote this report on, I'm just going to think of something like the Iran, uh, Iraq, uh, conflict okay. um, right. in the 80s. They're going to put themselves, it's like, what did you learn from it? Right. Uh, yeah, and, and things uh, like that, that's, that's a good <laughs> point. Because if you're, in, if you're in business or commerce or government, you know, that's the type of information or economically that you may need to write a report or do a case study or economically see how you're going to get people to invest in those areas from past historical data. So when you accumulate this data, you just you just can't take this data and put it in your report and give it to somebody to read because they're going to want to understand, well, what's the relevance of this information that you've given us into what happened in the past, how it applies today? If I plan on investing in those areas, how is that going to bring me a return on my investment or am I going to lose my investment or the take of the people in those particular regions, is their mindset open to an investment from what I have to, to build a factory or um, a, a car plant or something? And when they question you on this, you can't, you cannot afford not to understand how to explain the data because they can do the opposite. They can, you know, type in the parameters similar to what you typed in and they can pull the same thing up and they'll be like, oh, you just went to chat GTP and did the same thing, you know, did that and got the same data. But but you can't explain the data. And that's the uh, I think that's one of the major points for people to understand. You can get all the data, but you have to be able to read it, understand it, apply it. And that's where that critical thinking skill comes in. I can cr critically take this data, apply it to this situation and circumstance. And these may be the results. But if I'm making a an investment, how is that going to affect my return on investment and potential collaboration in the future in that region or that area? And then also um, when we talk about, because I think when you talk about this 
this this this platform i mm. think it applies to in our everyday life like how do you see it applied to our everyday life well the good thing about it is um it takes accumulated data now the, the thing is it only has data up until 2021 so obviously a lot of it is past data it's still relevant and important but you have to uh, yourself think about okay i have this data here oops excuse me i have this data that i'm using and it goes up to 2021 but how do i apply it to 2023 and potentially 2024 2025 what's the relevance to it um if there are key players in that if you're you know thinking on an international level let's say africa um you know we we're doing some wonderful things in africa with some students and you ask a question um what are the percentages of the students that graduate from primary school that are graduating and going into um, secondary education so it'll provide you that information but you have to be able to go into it and say okay we're going to nigeria um if i'm if i'm not incorrect nigeria is the most populated um nation on the continent of Africa, um, how many of their primary students that graduate go to secondary education? And you look at that data and say, okay, well, only 30% go on to secondary education. Then you can ask the question, you know, why are only 30% of Afri Nigerian students going on to secondary education? And the statistic will come out and probably tell you because of the economic status of the parents, they don't have a, they don't, they, they don't afford they can't afford to send their children to school because primary education is free secondary education you have to pay for it. and then you may ask a question um what are the um financial obligations of the government to send students to school in nigeria so you can get a lot of information that'll help you understand what's going on but applying it to different research areas is important. And interesting enough, you know, when we're saying this and we're talking about it, um, parents may think, well, what does Nigeria have to do with, you know, you know, my child here in the United States? Well, the data also shows that students that come from Nigeria and other parts of Africa, one, they're a little bit older than the students here in the United States when they're ready to go into the workforce. Two, they're more mature. Uh, three, they have a more directed path to want to be successful because of the environment that they came from. Right. So if you come from poverty in another nation and you come into the United States, you see the potential of growth. Right. And you're going to use whatever resource that you can have even chat GPT, because they're using it on the continent of Africa to help you write papers in higher education, but you'll be able to read it, understand it better. And then you can apply it to papers, research studies, you know, all kinds of things that that'll help you grow academically. And then um, building your knowledge to either start a business, manage a business, be an entrepreneur or, you know, work for a high end company and make uh, make a lot of money. And I think the important thing, too, is that what this, the technology does is that it creates a level playing field. Right. Like never did before. Right. I can tell a lot of people that uh, this technology is Napster on steroids. Right. Yes. You yes, know, because the one thing I worry about with this technology is that 
It has to be some form of regulations to it. It has to be, I know they have people, because when it comes to technology, technology, sometimes I see as that companies like uh, like the government don't mm. want to um, police them. So they let the companies police themselves. Uh, but if you're a company in 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 a in a profit mode mentality, right. you're gonna find ways to make as much money as possible, right. and you're gonna cut corners. Exactly. You know, and then what happens is when you find yourself in the cookie jar, you're gonna like, oh, you know, we did the best we could, and we couldn't foresee what could happen. And right. so, what I'm worried about is that if there's no regulation, no oversight of this new technology, you're going to have the wild, wild west. And one of the key issues I have too, is that, um, you know, uh, Microsoft is put a lot of billions of dollars into chat GT, into this platform. And what I worry about, like we were talking about it earlier is that, you know, Microsoft is planning to make sure chat, the app, the application is in every laptop, phone and things like that and so they're going to basically monopolize this platform Mm -hmm. because when they first came out when they first when they put out the beta was it within the first five days they already had like two million uh, people on it on the free uh, beta and that's Mm -hmm. unheard of and now they're talking about with this technology they, there's a possibility that they could be a trillion dollar company because of this technology exactly. of its right. own. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to put it out to you, but what do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like there should be an urgency of some form of regulation or something on the discussion of how, when this is mm-hmm. out there for the public for right. um, when they establish that paywall, um, should there be a discussion of how it should be regulated? Right. Well, one one of the um, priorities should be um, intellectual property. So we'll start there. So if, if I'm writing and I'm a consistent writer and someone does a search on the area that I constantly write about, STEM and STEAM, the metaverse, those kind of areas, um, or Aida, my wife, is writing about DEI, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, those elements. Um, more than likely, parts or pieces of what I write about or what my wife writes about are going to be used in somebody's research. So that is taking my knowledge, taking my work, and applying it to somebody else's benefit. Now, in education, you you know, you understand when you do that, you know, that's a potential, that's a possibility that that's going to happen. But the other part about it is um, what personal data um, that has accumulated about me will also be retrieved that's not regulated. So you're talking about an AI bot that has no morals, no ethics, nothing like that, you know, and it's just going to take, 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 and, and somebody's going to use it and apply it. Um, eventually what may happen is that AI bot is going to have enough data to assume or understand more about me in a way that I know about me through my writing style, through my engagement. So who's to say now that not just it helping you to write, but helping you to manage data, 
but looking at okay they're on twitter they're on instagram they're on TikTok, they're on youtube they're on facebook and that accumulated personal data but somebody's accumulating and housing that data someplace in a folder on a server someplace and a company uh, may not feel that it has to reach out to you and say hey you know we're going to use your data we're going to use your information um, what are you going to charge for it? No, they're just going to go ahead and use it, like in, in TikTok in some cases. And the danger, like you're saying, um, the decentralization component is there's no regulation. Um, nobody's monitoring the, the front door, back door, side door. But what will eventually happen, unfortunately, somebody's going to do something nefarious, very dangerous to get the, the attention of the legislature or the president or somebody then the regulation is going to come in and and as human beings that's that's just historical you know yeah. somebody does something crazy like the young man um with bitcoin he got you know he got greedy he started stealing the money and yeah. next you know bam, you know they dropped the hammer on him now with uh chat gpt the question is coming up okay where's my data um yeah. who's using my data who has access to my data well the ai does Right. But there's nothing I can do about it because my information is already out there. Now, when they start charging, okay, how much more data are they going to need from you personally um, to be able to access this information online? Yeah. And are they going to let people know, well, you can subscribe to this, you can use it, but how much do I have to give up, not just in money, right. but my intellectual property to use it? Now, the other part too is, we have to think more and more kids are using it. Yeah. So these young people, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, on up, the more they do research, the more the AI is saying, oh, here's Tommy in New Jersey searching for all of this. He's writing these reports. I'm going to keep that. Here's right. Susie in you know, Baltimore. I'm going to save her information. Here's Joaquin, who's an honor student in, in um, New York City, um, making straight A's. But he's doing research on microbiology. I'm gonna keep yeah. that information. So eventually, as they do that, companies are gonna be uh, following them, watching them, accumulating their data. And I think for people of color, for Black people, this can be a benefit because if you teach our young people how to use it, but cite their resources, it puts it on a better level platform. I totally um, agree. It allows them to change the way they're thinking. Oh. There's an internship coming up, or there's a scholarship for $200,000 I can apply to. Let me use Chat GPT to help me, not do it for me, help me write this paper and apply for this scholarship. But as I do it, I'm learning how I can be a better writer, how I can read better, and how I can comprehend better. So it, it creates a, a better dynamic. That's, that's the way it should work. And I totally agree with you. I'm 100% with you. I think, you know, there's good and bad with this technology. Um, I think, again, um, when you uh, de uh, democratize um, this type of not technology, it opens the floodgate of anyone has an opportunity to to grow and, and, and better myself if they know how to use the technology on, um, on the right side. Exactly. But on the other hand, uh, what I worry about too is that this is a, like a, a hacker's uh, paradise, right? Because again, um, now they're uh, basically, I would say, 
you know, they're they're basically a for-profit um, company. Um, so they, like you were saying, they're going to have to see, uh, they're going to have paywalls where you have to pay into it. Right. And what I worry about is, you know, how are they going to make their money? And you're making money on subscriptions. Right. But also, I also wonder, will they do the Amazon business model? And their business model is um, selling their their data that they accumulated from all their customers exactly. to a to to a third party. Right. You know, and, and and that's see it more and more because I tell you, interesting enough, I, I don't know what I did. <laughs> you, know, you, you, online, and you, and you don't think about the later. I was like, why am I getting all these emails in my in my email from these different companies asking me all these different questions? It's like I don't remember who they are, I don't know who they are, I don't know where. So I had to do something somewhere, I had to subscribe to something. I had to fill out some kind of form or something, but that's the case too with Chat GPT. If it, like you were saying, if it accumulates all that data and all that information, eventually you're going to start receiving all this stuff, this digital stuff, not just in your email, but on your phone, um, going across your screen when you're on, you know, Facebook and all these other digital things. And and we're at a time now where and this is just the beginning. So we're talking about the data that's in chat GPT. Uh, but Aida talks about also, you know, the artistic component where AI is creating art. And how is that going to in the future create the benefits of artists doing things, um, them, them being able to, you know, continue to have their careers and be respected as artists. But those that create art as well, are they still going to um, enjoy the creative process of art or they're going or are they just going to tell, you know, the art, you know, AI create a, 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 a rendition of the St. John's River in Jacksonville and yep. throw it up there or um, build a, a, a design for the Nile River in, in Africa, in, in, um, in, in, uh, in Egypt. So that art component, too, speaks a lot. And then you get into the musical aspect. Um, you're not going to worry about an AI creating music and then worrying about royalties. Yeah. And that's the thing that's been going on over the last several years about royalties to artists. You know, how much they they value that's still their intellectual property and that they want to earn money on their property. But when you have an AI you know, creating music, doing art, where does that put the human element? And yep. yeah, some of it's beautiful. Some of it's like, you look at it, it's amazing, but you got to remember a computer designed that, not a person. Yeah. Right, right. And then that goes into something totally into some a different realm that I want to touch into. Right. I had a conversation <laughs> on um, Instagram with someone mm. um, and we were like, he was talking about, uh, you know, AI and chat, uh, GPT, right. and then I'm bringing up like the 14th Amendment, the Personhood Act. Right. Is it going to get to a point where will AI be defined as a a person, like corporations? Okay. So these are like, yeah, right. exactly. these are like, <laughs> like, like. Things we we've got to honestly, we got to have that conversation now because yeah. as the technology gets farther and farther in advance, 
these are things that we actually gotta have a conversation. Like, do. do we protect the the AI, or we do we protect the creator of the AI? Of the right. So, like, does the creator of the AI get those royalties? Do you consider that person who creates the play, the um, the the platform as the artist? Right. So these are different questions that needs to be answered now. Yeah. If not now, soon. Soon. Because exactly. we're gonna fall into a dilemma where, like, right. right now there's that court case. I think in um, San, I think in San Francisco, uh, where uh, a lot of artists uh, is suing uh, Dali to Mid uh, Journey. So whatever happens in that court case that is going to kind of be that kind of template of where we work from now. Right. From now yeah. on, and that's and that's where a lot of things are going to be settled in the courts. Now, it's not going to be settled instantly because even the judges today they really don't understand the technology itself. So we have to really look at, okay, you're a judge, you're going to make a decision in this area, but who is advising, who are advising the judges that's making these decisions? Are they educated people that are in the justice system or are there corporations outside that um, connect with that judge or connect with that attorney or, or whoever it is advising them? And, you know, many times we just look at the, the ending, what the judge decision is, but who is behind him or her advising them as well. And, you know, when those cases get ruled on, you know, you can you can always go back and say, you know, I want another ruling or, you know, I, I you know, I want another judge to rule or what. But that takes time. But then it's like, OK, this is what the judge says. Right. Okay, we gotta abide by it for what the next two or three years. By that time, you know, tech has changed to where the AI is like talking to you and telling you stuff. <laughs> no, 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 you're yeah. right. You're right, and 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 it has to come to a a a, a, a We got to have that conversation where yeah. we have to talk about those things because um, yeah. a lot of the laws that we um, follow they're outdated. They right. don't they don't make sense, and they don't follow the current trend exactly. and technology that we're using today or what yeah. we'll be using 20 years from now right. so i think laws has to adapt with the time right yeah. but it's so relic and it takes so slow to move to get the ball moving so we're in this situation right. and so yeah i i totally believe that 100 mm -hmm. um so what do you see the future of this um platform technology in like let's say five five well let's oh say ten years <laughs> well let me say this i'm a child of the 60s i was born in 62 and um i love sci-fi not just because it's sci-fi but because sometimes it 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 predates the future what it has predated the future of what we have now so whether you whether you watch star trek with um, Captain Kirk and the computer talking to you and telling you stuff and you talking to the computer. Okay, we got Alexa and stuff like that now to programs like Deep Space Nine where people are you know in deep space and warp speed and programs like Space 1999. And these, I know somebody like that. This man's like dating stuff. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's like, you know, and, and 
you know, the cartoons, the old Transformer cartoons yes. and, and Astro Boy and all that kind of stuff. Somebody had to have that concept in their mind or a group to develop this. But then it's not only just a developmental process. It's like what's in place for the future. And it was an old um, cartoon called Ultraman. And it was just about Ultraman in the suit. It was Japanese. Pretty cool. Now they have a new one where it's like six Ultramans. And they can fly. They can jump. They can turn invisible. They can do all kind of cool stuff. But also the monsters that they fight are like from outer space and different dimensions. So there's always this progression. And as Black people, you know, my thing is like we have to get our kids involved in it. We have to teach our kids to be involved in it. We have to sometimes make our kids be involved in it because AIs are programmed. So if they are not programmed to understand or recognize the diversity as Black people or people of color, um, we are going to, again, on a digital way, be left out, uh, not recognized, our voices not heard. So we have to make sure that that if it's not taught in schools, somebody's having a workshop at the library. Um, if it's not something at the library, somebody like yourself, I mean, you do some awesome, amazing stuff, my brother. It's like, you know, sharing this information, people, you know, talking to you and, and, and tuning into your podcast and stuff, um, having, you know, continual growth in the black community so that people understand that. Um, when it's time for you to step up and step out and show out and do it, you can do it. But you use the tools that's available because um, pretty soon, you know, whether we're in our homes, in our apartments, you know, we may not be opening up a door with our hand. We're just going to be like open door and door yeah. opens or it recognizes our voice or it scans our eyes. So this AI part is it's just beginning. And we have to be sure to stay engaged to make sure we're learning as much as possible. We're helping each other because uh, there are so many movies out, you know, now about robots taking over and commanding and computers. And that can that can potentially be a reality. You no, know, a lot of people joke about the Terminator. Yeah. But they have robots or developing robots like that now. Yeah. So what you see in the movies um has already three or four years advanced to the point where they, when I say they, it may be the government, it may be the military, whatever, already have elements of those working now. And we got to get our kids involved and we got to get our kids actively engaged and see that these are areas you need to be involved in and, and working in. I'm totally with you 100%. And this has been a made amazing conversation. And I think when I was talking about, you know, what will the future hold with AI? AI is here already. Uh, we, we're going to have to learn how to adapt to it, right. um, especially for our community. We, we cannot be consumers of AI. We have to be the creators of AI. Yeah. When you're talking about coding and things like that, the people that code the AI, right. most of them don't look like us. And there yeah. may be a, a, a scenario where you have some bias mm -hmm. when it comes to AI. Because right. again, you it's not us that's not correct. It's, it's a few of us that's creating AI, but right. we're not a part of the, the pool. Exactly. And so uh, when it comes to the future, because like you were saying, like when it comes to um, um, medical you um, health, mm -hmm. you see a lot of AI in it, right? right. You're going to have an AI bot that's going to like scan your body to, to see like what kind of ailments you have. 
you know? So these things, we got to start thinking about, all right, the next generation right now has got to think, ah, maybe I'll create something like that. Right. I'll be the first to create that. So again, we have to be on the cutting edge when it comes to technology. We cannot just wait and then be the consumer of it. We have to be the creators of it. And so from this, from this conversation I've had with Mr. Jackson, I think we're just um, giving you the, 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 the red warning, like the warning, the warning is now. <laughs> the warning is now. The warning is now. Exactly. now. It's like the robot said, danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> like danger, danger, black people, danger, Hispanics. Hey, you know. Yes, and, and that's what we're trying to do with this conversation is that, you know, you don't have a lot of um, – uh, people of color content wise that's talking about this. Um, they're not. Uh, I've looked everywhere. I haven't seen anything. So if I could do my part to talk about it, when I talk about chat GPT or even the AI art, which I had a great conversation with Damora about, okay. um, this is something that we need to have a conversation and okay. prepare the future and prepare right. the next, next, uh, next generation for, for the future, man. And that's what it's all about. Um, before we end this uh, amazing conversation, Mr. Jackson, how can people find you? And what's your what's your um, final words of wisdom? Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's my brand, My Quest to Teach, and My Quest to Teach on Instagram. And I'm always sharing, you know, content about what's going on, what I'm involved in. Amazing people like yourself, sir. You like what's happening. Um, I love to collaborate and, and share with what other people are doing, whether it's here in the States, on the continent of Africa, um, wherever around the globe. We got to get black people engaged and involved, um, our, hist- our Hispanic brothers and sisters as well, um, and just make sure that we're educated, empowered. But even if we don't know, we can connect with somebody that does know and build a network. And uh, as an educator, we have what's called PLCs, professional learning communities. And I always say build your professional and personal learning community so that way you can build from it and just, you know, continue to educate yourself. There are so many videos on YouTube. Take advantage of it. Take the time to sit down and listen. Learn with your kids. uh, Find out what careers that they're interested in. Um, And if, if you are still in denial about some of this, Look at some of the past movies. Look at, um, what is it? I Am Robot with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Some of those things that are going on. Look at some of the other, you know, videos that are out there, you know, that show and represent technology and how many Black people are involved. And like you said, create developers, creators, uh, programmers, coders, so our young people can get into these careers. Because if you don't see now... They're already talking about settling on the moon, building communities on the moon. The next 20 years, 30 years, building communities on Mars. So this is not science fiction. This is science fact. So, um, you know, I'm 60. So I'm I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But, you know, the younger generations coming up, hey, you you better be ready because there's going to be some more changes coming. That's right. Changes come going to come. If not, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> be looking at them rocket ships going up where yeah. they going they waving at you like bye, yeah, bye, bye, bye. bye. 
<laughs> but yeah, this has been an amazing conversation, Mr. Jackson. We definitely got to do this again, do a, a yes, definite part two, because I think as technology gets advanced, we got to have more conversations about the next tech, wow. the next upcoming technology, how it does it play apply to our everyday life, and then you know the legality of it, because that's the wow. thing. That's the missing component of the whole thing is how the legal aspect of it right. is going to change or may not change. And so, but again, this has been a great conversation. Okay. Make sure you like, subscribe to Dad Is Not An Out podcast. I'm everywhere on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM. Just Google me and you'll find me. That's All right. right. <laughs>